The class is Memory of Jared Ocean, and today we're going to learn the Aftora of Parshat Bo. On page, in this book, it's on page 1103, Jeremiah chapter 56. 46, I'm sorry. 46. The, this is speaking about Egypt. The parshas that we learned this few weeks is about Egypt. We're learning this week's parsha and next week's parsha, Vaero and Bo, about the ten plagues, how God punished Egypt. The Aftora is about the same topic. There it was. There it was the the the, the Jewish. The, it was a war between the two superpowers. Who were the two superpowers at the time? Egypt. Uh, and Egypt on one Babylon. side and Babylon on the other side. Before that, who was the superpower before Babylon? Syria. 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 Yeah, then Assyria, the Jews were loyal to Assyria. Then they were loyal to Egypt for a while. That at one point, Egypt went to war against Assyria. And the king of the Jews, Yoshiao, Yoshiao, how is it in English? Josiah. Josiah? Josiah, yeah, mm -hmm. probably. He was, he decided to defend the Assyrian from Egypt. That they decided to go to war because Israel is like in a cross section. We are there between all in the Middle East, but everybody has to go to war, they have to pass by Israel. That they said, I will not allow the sword of Egypt to pass by the land of Israel. Why? Because it says it's written in the Bible then when Jewish people will do the right thing, a sword not only will not come to attack you, they will not even come, not even pass by you. It's written in Kitavo. Um, it starts with the blessings. One second. I think it's in Kitavo. Um, let's see, on page 999, chapter 28 of Deuteronomy, let's see if it's here. I thought it's here, but I don't see it really. Somewhere in, in Deuteronomy, I don't see it here. Maybe it's over. In any case, that he said, he learned from it, that we are not allowed to even pass by. The soul should not pass by. It means to say, a foreign army who's going to attack another foreign army should not pass by in Israel. That the name of the king was Pharaoh. Pharaoh Necho was his name. Joshiao went out against them to fight them, to stop them from going to attack Assyria. He told them, who asked you to interfere? I'm going there, don't stop me. Pharaoh killed Yoshiao, the king. And he was a righteous king. A few years later comes the punishment for killing the king. But the king shouldn't go and fight it with Joshua, with, with uh, Pharaoh, with Egypt. The lesson for the Jews was the Jews should never get involved in the big wars between the superpowers. 
It's not their business. It's not their place. They should do what they're supposed to do, protect themselves, but not take sides. Every time when the Jews took sides, they got in trouble. They always made the wrong choices, but always, always, always. Since biblical time until today. Question for you before we start. Uh, Josiah's father, Manasseh, was probably the most evil king we've ever yes. had. He was, yes. he was bad news. Bad, bad news. Uh, Hezekiah, his father, was a good guy. He was righteous, yeah. Josiah, his son, was a good guy. Yes. Uh, but Josiah is the one that gets killed, uh, even yes. though he did all kinds of great stuff. He did amazing great stuff. Uh, why why is, is he getting killed as punishment for what happened with Manasha or why is he getting uh, killed? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> First we're asking, I ask him an odd question. In general, I'll tell you, you see, good guy, bad guy, good guy, bad guy. Yoachim was a bad guy to the son of Yoshiao, was also a bad guy. In general, it's, first of all, there is one amazing lesson. The influence of grandparents. <laughs> Guys... Your grandparents, <laughs> you better stand up for your job. Why? Think about it. We see it even earlier. Esau was the son of, ja of Isaac, right? Bad guy. He had a son named Eliphaz. Eliphaz ran after Jacob. He wanted mm -hmm. to kill him. But he was too good. He was raised by Isaac. He had the influence of his father, of his grandfather. He didn't touch him. Eliphaz's son was? Amalek. Amalek. Uh, even if Eliphaz was his father was a good guy, his grandfather Esau was a bad guy. And you see the influence of grandparents, unbelievable. I see it in so many cases. You see it even in Hasidic dynasties, rabbis. You see how the grandson is just like his grandfather. Not in a matter of good and bad. Even in the world of good, just the style, style of the grandfather. That's one thing. Now, your question was why the bad good guy was killed. This question is as old as the world stands. But the Talmud is asking it about Yoshiah. And the answer is because Jeremiah told, said, do not fight Egypt. And he didn't listen to Jeremiah. And you have to ask the prophet. Why Jeremiah said do not fight Egypt? He says, yeah, a sword should not pass in your land. If everybody's good, Yoshiah, the king, thought that everybody's righteous. This king started a campaign of eradicating all idol worshipping from Israel. Unbelievable. He felt that he's going to bring Moshiach, this king. The only problem was the Jews did not cooperate. It. Jeremiah the prophet, he knew what's going on behind closed doors. You understand? And it, in the beginning, Jeremiah would join them on this optimistic approach. Let's bring all the remnants of the Jews together. We'll start a new nation. We'll as time passed, Jeremiah is walking away because he says the Jews don't want to. They would, would, the king thought that Israel is in a state that God will not allow a sword from one, from one nation, from, one, from a foreign army to pass by in Israel. The Jews didn't deserve it at the time. And he went to the war without asking the prophet. The prophet told him, don't go. And therefore he was killed. It doesn't mean that Egypt does not have to be punished for killing this righteous king. Because the king that came after him, Yoyakim, Jehoiakim, he was a bad guy and was good for nothing. But that's a different story. Here is already in the time of Yoyakim. There is now uh, the prophet Jeremiah is speaking world politics. 
is speaking about how Babylon is going to destroy Egypt as a punishment for Egypt killing the Jewish king, the righteous king. Now it doesn't mean that Jeremiah was a Hasid of Babylon. But at that time he says God wants Babylon to control. And he tells the Jews, do not join the Egyptians. The Egyptians will not help you when the time will come. And by the way, Babylon came and Israel relied on Egypt and they didn't help them and they came and they destroyed all Judea and Samaria. They destroyed. That now when he's coming after Egypt, it was already the three quarters of Israel is gone and done. Nothing is there. That's basically a prophecy from Jeremiah giving the news to Egypt that they are going to be destroyed. Nobody likes to hear such news, I can tell you that. Then um, let's, and why is this written in this week, Parsha? Because of Parshat Bo, because it speaks about the 10 plagues. But there is a question in Parshat Bo, it's next week's Parsha actually, is, is uh, also there is many mitzvahs, the mitzvahs of uh, Rosh Chodesh, counting the moon, the moon, the new moon is in the, in the, the Parsha. The mitzvah of Pesach, the Passover lamb, is in this portion. The mitzvah of film is in this portion. There's quite a few mitzvahs there. Why well, couldn't find a better after? Because I'm busy with building up Egypt. Couldn't find something better. But there is also a little bit of a sign to connect to connect the story. Maybe the end of the after, that's the answer. But we will get to it as we go, as we walk through. Okay, page 1103 in this book, chapter Jeremiah chapter 46, Number 13. The word that God spoke to Jeremiah the prophet that Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, should come and smite the land of Egypt. Declare mm -hmm. in Egypt and announce the Migdal. Where is Migdal? <clears throat> what are the other two names? Tarpan says, maybe if you know where Migdal is, you know where North is. It will be easier to know. Um, open on page 321, Parshas Beshalach, the story of the exodus of Egypt, how the Jews left Egypt. Chapter, uh, no, page 321. Number one, chapter 14, number one. God Where? spoke to Moses saying, speak to the Israelites and tell them to turn back. It can't be for the Freedom Valley between Tower and the sea. Migdol is the tower. I don't know why they, they didn't use the regular word, Migdol. Look in the Hebrew side, the first line, the last line of the page. In the Hebrew side, the middle of the page, in the middle of the line. Bein Migdol u Bein Daya. You see? Migdol is a place in Egypt. Are you hot? No. no. Okay. Okay. Because you're a new grandpa. That's why. Ah, that's why. Oh, by the way, with a baby boy, a mushke, the baby boy. Oh. Just like a few hours ago. Thank God. Very nice. He's happy. And uh, the breeze is next Tuesday morning at Berlin, probably. Ten o'clock. Not eight o'clock after the service. Yeah. Oh, right, right. All invited. Now we can move on. <laughs> um, that Migdol, we know where Migdol is. Migdol is a city outside of Egypt. And the same, the same is North and Tachpan's Reis. 
Tachman Chais is also two cities there that he says, Annals in Egypt, say it in Migdol. What say, what are you going to say? Let's read number 14 again. Declare in Egypt. And announce it in Migdol, announce enough and in Tephanes. Say, stand forth and be prepared, for the sword has devoured all around you. He says, go, get ready for the war. In the olden days, they used to go to war. A strange thing. They used to set up a date. Tuesday, January 14, we're going to war. God was an army against an army. That he tells the Egypt, announce the date. Tell me when you can. I'm making an announcement. Get ready to war. We're going to war. It's kind, sarcastically telling Egypt, no, go to war. You're so big, you're so strong. Let's see you. That's what Jeremiah <coughs> is saying. Why is your strong one overthrown? He did not stand be because God thrust him down. He made many stumble indeed. One fell upon the other. They said, Arise and let us return to our own people and to the land of our birth because of the oppressing sword. Okay, then what is he saying here? He's saying, he said that the people are, they, they will not be able to stand by the power of Babylon. Babylon will destroy them. Not only, the, and there is other armies, from all, first of all, one will fight the other. Egypt joined with other armies. They made a covenant with other nations to fight Babylon. And the other nations, the nations between themselves, they'll fight with each other. They will stumble on each other, the soldiers. And then the soldiers from the other armies will say, why are you here? Let's go back home. What do we need here? What do we lost here? Let's run away home. They were not ready to war. They were not good soldiers, besides. But God made sure, that's what he says. How, how is it you, you were not successful? You were so successful for so many years. What happened? Because Hashem put you down. Hashem doesn't want you to be successful. Why? Because you're afraid from the sword of, of, of the Babylonian sword. It's a strange expression, but we're not going to it. Okay, number 17. They cried there, Pharaoh, king of Egypt, is but a noise who lets the appointed time pass by. Because it's supposed to be an appointed time to go to war. He passed the appointed time. He didn't show up, Pharaoh. And then he said, maybe we'll go later, another appointed time. He didn't show up in this appointed time either. He was not ready to go to war to fight in Babylon. And by the way, during this time, usually the Jews were on the side of Egypt. But the prophet Jeremiah was going around day and night and begging the leaders of the Jewish people, accept the yoke of Babylon and things will be good for you. And the temple will not be destroyed. And he said, no. I think it was Yoyakim who, start, who started a revolution against Babylon, right? Was, I think the first one. Yeah. The, the and he, he was, there's a story with him. He grew up in, in, by the Babylon king, I think, Babylonian king. And he saw him once, I think it was in Yoyakim, I think. He walked into his office and he saw him eating a living rabbit. A rabbit sitting on the floor. He was so close that he was allowed to open the door of the king anytime. The king saw that he saw him. He called him like this, like an animal. He told him, I want you to swear to me that you'll never tell the story to anybody. He took a note, he swore to him. 
And when they made a meeting with other kings to go against Babylon, he says, you're telling me, they started to speak bad about Nebuchadnezzar. And he said, you're telling me who Nebuchadnezzar is, I'll tell you who Nebuchadnezzar is. And he told the story. <laughs> the king heard about it, the noise, the news came. That was the end. But here he says, that's what he's saying, they, they, they passed the day, they were afraid. As I live, number 18, as I live, says the king, whose name is the Lord of hosts, surely one shall come like Tabor among the mountains and like Carmel by the sea. Uh-huh. What is he comparing like, like Tabor in the mountains? God says, as I live, it's, a, it's an oath. God is taking an oath that this is going to happen just like I live. God lives. God lives forever, right? That's why human beings cannot swear by their life. Because their life is like this. God is forever. Then God says, like the tavor, uh, the tavor in the in the in the mountains, and Carmel is by the sea. What God wants to say with it? Just like the tavor by the mountains, tavor will never move. Just like the Carmel is by the sea, and will never move either. So too, what I'm telling you now is going to happen. Carved in stone, so to speak. That he gave the example of the two mountains. The Medrash says the tavor. From here we learn from this line, the Tavor and the Carmel, the Medrash says that the Tavor, the Tavor and the Carmel, there's a whole Medrash when um, God came to give the Torah at Mount Sinai. It was a fight among the mountains. Which mountain should receive the Torah? The Tavor came and said, I'm such a tall mountain, I deserve the Torah. The Carmel said, I deserve the Torah. And everyone had another argument. That he says, the Tavor, the Talmud puts it, like the Medrash puts it, the Tavor came to Israel, so to speak, all the temples will come, when Moshiach will come, all the temples will come back to Israel. What does this mean? What means that the Solomon Chabad will move to Israel? The temple, the building! First of all, it's a nice building. I'm not moving it so fast. It's only allowed to move it to Israel. We have an easier way to do it. The easier way is... We spread Israel all over. Every, the whole world becomes Israel. Then we don't have to move the temple. We make Israel bigger. The moment is the holiness of Israel goes all over the world. That everybody is included. The moment you open your heart, there is space for everyone. Now, there is another interesting thing about Tavor and Carmel. When the Talmud wants to, you know, there is something that's called Bein Hashmashot. You know what Bein Hashmashot means? What's Bein Hashmashot? Between something. Very good. <laughs> twilight. You know what twilight is? Yeah, between day and night. Between day and night. There is like, you know, there's like a 45 minute. I don't know how long it's been between day and night. Less than one in ah? Dusk. Then there is, it's not day, it's, it's day and night, it's not night and not day. Now, this issue is a very complicated issue and com and has so many ramifications in Jewish life you cannot even imagine. When starts Yom Kippur? When starts the fest? It's, day, it's still day or it's already night? It's night or not night? Make up your mind. It's either day, day or night. There is this, this amount of time. Uh, he will check, he will tell us exactly how much is it. It's night and it's day, together. Not only about Yom Kippur, about every Shabbat. You light the candles, Friday night, before sunset. Why? Because after sunset starts the, the twilight. 
And we don't know, it might be considered night already. That's why we light the candles before. We wait Shabbat, after Shabbat, we wait until we see three stars. Why? Want to make sure it's night, not twilight. That this amount of time is all this question, how long is it? It's a, for example, a baby is born. Thank God he was born today, 420, <laughs> before sunset. If he would be born after sunset, when is day day? After sunset. If he was born today, Tuesday, after sunset, before, before night. Today. You're the rabbi? <laughs> <laughs> the Jewish law says, most of the opinions say you wait until the next day. It makes a difference on Shabbat. Let's say if he was born Friday night, but he was born in this twilight. Are you violating, making a breeze is like violating the Shabbat. Disobeying the laws of Shabbos or making a breeze. If you... Because you're not allowed to court anybody on Shabbat. No surgeries, no nothing. You're not allowed to, to take out blood on Shabbat, to hurt anything. A breeze overrides the laws of Shabbat. If it was born Saturday evening after sunset, which day is it? Saturday or Sunday already? So Sunday. Ah, yeah, it's easy to say, but it's a whole discussion for me until next week. <laughs> <laughs> now, the Talmud, when he wants to bring an example, how long is Ben Hashemoshet? If a guy stands on the camel on top of the mountain and the sun is still shining, it starts to setting, and he goes down and he comes back, that's the time of twilight. He goes down to the, to the water to, to immerse himself and he comes back up, that's that's the amount of time of twilight. Any time? Thirty-one minutes. Thirty-one minutes. Thank God. I follow. Thank God for you. Then we learn that to a point, this is the connection from the Aftoa to the Parsha, because the Parsha speaks about the new month, the new moon, when it's all the laws of time and this. Then it has a little bit of a connection. Where is Mount Tabor, by the way? Mount Tabor is uh, in Israel, in, in the north. Is it in Goan? No, it's not in the Golan. In the Galil. Okay. Yeah, it's in the Galil. Galil. You saw Mount Tabor? Yeah, yeah, it's in the Galil. I saw I passed by many times. It's a very tall mountain. The, huge. There at the, the, besides Mount uh, Hermon? Hermon? What's it? Hermon? Someone? I think it's the tallest. Yeah, I think it's the tallest. Yeah, Tabor is a very high mountain. Very high mountain. Okay, now he says something amazing, amazing, amazing. That is, no, no, one second. Okay, number 19? Okay. Go ahead. Oh. O daughter dwelling in Egypt, prepare yourself to go into exile, for Naf will become a desolation, a ruin without inhabitant. He says, he tells them that Egypt will become desolation, and the people of the Egyptian will have to go and in exile, will be exiled. Continue. Egypt. Egypt is a beautiful heifer, but heifer. the heifer, mm -hmm. but the gadfly from the north has come. What does this mean? Egypt is a new, is a beautiful heifer. What's a heifer? The golden calf. You see, one of the, I mean, if you want, the biggest um, question that we have always for generations, for 3,300 years. How is it that the Jewish people, after, after hearing the word of God, the Ten Commandments, 40 days later made a golden calf? It doesn't make sense. All the explanations don't make sense. 
What is he saying here? Egypt was the symbol, the national symbol of Egypt was a, was a calf, Aifa. And not, not their idol. Their idol was a lamb. I hope there is a difference between a lamb and a calf, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. What's the difference? So different animals. Yeah, sheep and one sheep. goes with a bear, one goes with That's my analogy in uh, agriculture. Zoology. Ah? Zoology. <laughs> Zoology, exactly. Thank you. I didn't go for to, to even to um to the uh, um to anywhere where there is animals for a long, long time, to a zoo for a long time. <laughs> In any case, I don't like the smell and all of this. Not <laughs> is the answer to the question. That was like the national symbol of Israel is the menorah. What's the national symbol of America? The eagle? eagle. Exactly. The national symbol of Egypt was the calf. The Jewish people were not worshipping idols in the full sense of the word. They didn't think that the golden calf is God. They said we need somebody instead of Moses, right? They wanted to continue to have a connection with Egypt. They did not want to leave Egypt. That's the bottom line. Egypt was the, 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 the highest society. It's like the Jews didn't want to leave Germany in 1938. I mean, it's like, hello, how many messages you need on your cell phone? Kristallnacht should be pretty clear where you, where you belong. Not, not, in, not in Germany. I didn't help them, right? Jews stayed after. It's like, it's mind-boggling. I saw many videos. I read a lot of one, said, one lady said, uh, one guy said, my aunt says it's too hot in Palestine. It was, it's too hot in Palestine, but it was a little hotter later in Germany. <laughs> it, the Jews, they were slaves in Egypt, yeah. They didn't want to be slaves, but they didn't want to leave Egypt. Is it better to be a slave in America or to be a free man in the Sahara Desert? Raised or somewhere? That was the idea of going to the desert, going to nowhere. Then every time there is a little trouble, a week later, they left Egypt, a week later, oh, we told you in Egypt, don't bother us, they complained to Moses. A month later, the same, the same song again and again. A year later with the 12 spies, they said, Nitna Rosh let's appoint a new leader, go back to Egypt. You see the Jews had a fascination with Egypt. Say something very interesting. You know, Jews only assimilated in nations that they respected, that they wanted to be like. In nations that they looked down on, they didn't assimilate. In Poland was not much of assimilation. In South Africa, there is not much of assimilation. They want to be like the Africans, for example. In many countries, they assimilated in big numbers, in Germany, in America, in places where the Jews look up to the, to the, to, to the nation of who they live among. Egypt was this thing. And the symbol of Egypt was the, was the, was the kef, the heifer. And that, that's why... Here, we, we, from this, this story, Jeremiah really tells us what was behind the golden calf. It was not about making it a god, because it was not a god of Egypt. It was making a connection to Egypt, saying we want to continue to be like there is 49 stars in the American uh, flag, 
Many people suggest Israel should become the 50th star. Uh, we are 50. Okay, let's go on. Anaf Kimmin at 49. Yeah, thank you. Then the idea is they wanted to be a continuation of Egypt. That's why they did the Golden Calf. When you look at it in this way, it's not so harsh, you understand? It's not like, how did they make a Golden Calf? How did they make another God? They didn't make another God. They wanted a connection to Egypt. That's it. It makes it much more... Okay, now, now we'll continue. Number 21. Okay, Mr. Kosov, you want to read? Sure. Even? Even her mercenaries in her midst are like fatted calves, for they also turned back and fled together. They did not stand, for the day of their calamity has come upon them, the time of their punishment. Okay, the, what happened is it said even the other nations who joined them also didn't really, really make a difference. They, they didn't, they, they were like, he compares them to, to calves too. He says they run away when time to come to stand up for Egypt, they, run, they all run away. Number 23. The sound is like the serpents, for they march with an army and come against her with axes like those who fell trees. It means to say, he said, they will come and they'll chop up Egypt like, like somebody who comes in and chops up a, a, a forest. Cut off all the trees. Be nothing will be left of them. 23. They cut down mm -hmm. her forest, said God, although it is impenetrable, impenetrable because they are more numerous than the locusts. The daughters of Egypt... He says there were so many, the army of Babylon is so big, then he cannot even count how much they are. Like the locusts, by the way. That's another connection mm -hmm. to the Pasha. <laughs> okay. The daughter of Egypt, go ahead. The daughter of Egypt is put to shame. She is delivered into the hand of the people from the north. People of the north are... The Iraqis, the, the Babylon. Is that the reason they always have to attack from the north? That's how they come into Israel? From the north comes the bed, always. Mm -hmm. it's, even today, it's like, it's like this. Mm -hmm. The Jews usually suffer from the north more than from what others are. Yeah, go ahead. Is this unusual for a prophet? Usually I'm used to prophets saying, hey, you guys are doing it the wrong way. You need to straighten out. You need to change. This is like you guys are going to get it. And that's it. You're getting it. Uh -huh. And there is no way out around it. Yeah, Jeremiah has a few prophecies like this. <laughs> no, but especially I think when he speaks to the Jewish people, he tells them they can, they can change. Here it's, he already, it's already too late, kind of. You get, that's what you're going to get, yes. It's a prophecy that is he, not giving them another chance. Right. Says them a part of your a part that's be going to be a punishment. The be in essence, he basically tells them if you will let go, if you will not find Babylon, they, they will nothing will happen to it. If they wouldn't fight Babylon, they would submit themselves under Babylon. Things would be good for them. It wouldn't they be they wouldn't be exiled necessarily. They were exiled because they didn't want to to, to submit themselves, subdue themselves under Babylon. That's why they were exiled. When he gives them such a prophecy, it's, it's obvious if they, if they will not fight the, the enemy, the enemy will not uh, necessarily destroy them. You say, Rabbi, you say exile. This is, this is before Mount Sinai, right? 
This? Yeah. This? No, no, this is... Oh, this, this is... This is way after. Oh, oh, okay. This is a thousand years later. So the exiles, the temples are already destroyed? He's talking about Egypt is going to go to exile, not the Jews. Okay. The Egyptians are going to go to exile for a short time, not for a long time. But the prophet Jeremiah, this all prophecy is about Egypt, not about Israel. Egyptian because they, 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 he says to them, go ahead, get ready, it's going to be a war, you're going to be defeated, and you're going to go to exile. It's a prophecy, it's a pol political prophecy about a foreign land it has nothing to do with the Jews, so to speak. But so, go so ahead. it's uh, unlike uh, Jonah with Nineveh, where they, they have an opportunity. There's no opportunity here. You're right. You're right. There is no opportunity here. At this point, there is no opportunity. In Nineveh, he gave them an opportunity. And that's why, according to some commentaries, um, what's his name? Jonah didn't want to go. Because he didn't want to give them an opportunity. Nineveh was a, the Syrian kingdom. Babylon destroyed Nineveh, by the way. Then Nineveh was the, was the Assyrian king, kingdom who destroyed Israel. Nineveh was the main city, the capital city. But they should go to Nineveh, tell them they should do tshuva, they should be saved. It's like going in 1942 to Berlin and tell them, oh guys, God wants to save you. <laughs> I don't want to save them. That's why Jonah didn't want to do this. But uh, this is already after Ninveh. Babylon is taking over more and more and more. And Egypt was kind of the other superpower. Now Babylon is taking over Egypt too, everything. And the Egyptians will go to exile for a short time. Not like the Jews go to exile forever. They go for a short time, later they'll come back. Well, this, wasn't this when the Egyptians were wiped out? Not completely. No. I think they went to exile for a short time and they came back. Okay, uh, we are number 25, I think, mm -hmm. right? The Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, said, Behold, I will punish Ammon and No and Pharaoh and Egypt and her gods and her kings, even Pharaoh and those who trust in him. Okay, he says, I will, Ammon is also, Ammon, we know, I think it's also a place in Egypt. Yeah, it's Alexandria. Before the name, the city mm -hmm. Alexandria, before it was Alexandria, I think it was Ammon. And the city was there. Alexandria is named after Alexander the Great. That came later. But the city was there before. God says, I will punish Pharaoh and all, all the leaders I, for all their bad, bad behavior. Want to continue? I will deliver them into the hand of those who seek their lives, into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, uh, king of Babylon, and his servants. Afterwards, it will be inhabited as in the days of old, said God. Mm -hmm. but, but fear not. Oh, now comes the Jewish people. Now comes the, the real issue. The Jewish people are worried. Such a war between Babylon and Egypt. What will happen to us? What will happen to us? We Jews. We are is, good Jews. Is it good for the Jews? Exactly. So we're good for the Jews. We're caught in the middle, basically. They're gonna we are run, always caught in the middle. Right they are always caught in the middle. You're right. But, says God. But fear not, O Jacob, my servant. Neither be dismayed. O Israel, be assured, I will save you from afar and your offspring from the land of their captivity. And Jacob will again be quiet and at ease, and none will make him afraid. Okay. 
Do not fear my servant Jacob, and do not dismayed, neither uh, be dismayed, O Israel. God is giving, calling us by both names, Jacob and Israel. Do not be afraid. This is a line that many Jews have accustomed to say on Saturday night. Altiro of the Yaakov. Do not be afraid. And he says, because I will bring you back from, from afar, and your children from, from uh, the land of captivity. From here we learn, the Medrash says, the Talmud says, we learn that Jacob never died. That means to say, because he compared Jacob with his children. As long as these children are, is, are alive, so to Jacob is alive. Do not fear Jacob, because I'll bring your children back from, his, from, uh, from captivity. The, the Jewish people have two names, Jacob and Israel. Right? Jacob had two names, Jacob and Israel. Also the Jewish people. He, he doesn't talk to Mr. Jacob. He speaks to the Jewish people. Do not fear Jacob, oh Jacob, my servant. Who is he talking to? To us. To all the Jews. Then we have two names, Jacob and Israel. Yaakov, the name Yaakov, stands for the word Akev. Akev means? Heal. Heal. Israel. What is the word Israel means? Struggle with God. Struggle with God. Another word, Sar. Sar means a minister, a leader. <coughs> and also, if you turn around the letters, it's Li Rosh. I add for me. God says, Israel is my head, so to speak. We are Rosh, leaders. Sometimes we are Jacob, sometimes we are Israel. When we do the wrong things, we are Jacob. We are at the bottom. You know, the Jewish people are compared in the Bible to the stars of the heaven and to the sand of the earth. Make up your mind. Star of the heaven, sand of the earth. The Talmud says, yeah, depends on the day, depends on the hour. If we do what Hashem wants, we are like the stars of the heavens. We show the way to everybody. The stars, if you get lost in the desert, you look on the stars to find your direction. We give direction. If we are not, if we're trying to learn from the world how to behave, we try to emulate them. We are the dust of the earth. Everybody steps all over us. That's Yaakov and Israel. In general, it's during the week in Shabbat. During the week we are Jacob. A Jew during the week is to go to work. That's life. To go to work, deal with the real challenges, with day-to-day -day life. And Shabbat is in his shul. He's together with his community, with his family. And Shabbat, there is no, there is no differences. You know, during the week, this guy is a big macher, the other guy is a, is a small macher. There is differences. And Shabbat, we are all in the synagogue together. We are all equal, we are all kings. And Shabbat, we concentrate on the neshama, on the soul things. We realize what's really important, the connection to God. During the week, you have to make a living. You see, when you have to make a living, my space and your space my money cannot be your money. I need to eat, and you, it doesn't. There is a contradiction. The world of physicality is a contradiction. My space is my space. I cannot give you my space, and I will not have to stand. Are you understand what I'm saying? Me and them are a contradiction. Shabbat is our connection to God. Spirituality, there is enough for everybody. I never saw anybody short of spirituality. If I share with you my spirituality, I don't get less. <coughs> If I, have, if I give money 
to somebody that I have less. But if I give spirituality, I don't have less. Then what I mean to say is like this. During the week, we are Jacob. We are in the bottom. On Shabbat, we are Israel. The prophet Jeremiah says, <coughs> I'm sorry. Do not fear Jacob. When you walk out from Shabbat, we tell the Jewish people, Oh Jacob, my Altira Avdi Yaakov, do not fear my servant Jacob, because I will bring you back. I will save you. It's a, it's a, it's a, <coughs> it's a, it's a. You know that's the. If you get sick, don't sue me. <laughs> God will do not. I don't even know from where it is coming. <laughs> God is making a promise to the Jewish people in this paragraph. And I think this is the paragraph why we chose this Aftorah. The whole purpose of Aftorahs is to comfort the Jewish people. Then the whole thing about punishing uh, Egypt, it's comforting. You know, everybody is happy when your enemy suffers, everybody is excited. There is a saying in Hebrew, it's a mean saying, but it's a lot of truth. There is no joy like the joy of somebody else suffering. That's your enemy, so to speak. You say somebody that he lost and I won. It's not so much that I won. The excitement is that he lost. Oh, that's good. Is, isn't that one of those uh, mitzvahs? You know, when you see her. You're not allowed. You're right. I'll t- I'll t- uh, you're right. To help your enemy. <coughs> no, you cannot rejoice when your enemy falls. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's why we dip our fingers in the wine. Mm-hmm. You're right, you're right, you're right. That's why the, the idea of speaking a prophecy, how Egypt is going to be punished, no! Not such a goise glick. But the end of it, God repeated, the prophet repeats it twice. Then, do not fear my servant Jacob. I will protect you and, you, and, and do not be scared Israel. I will bring you back from the, basically... The Egyptians will come back from their exile quicker than the Jews, but ultimately, the Jews will come back from exile. And the Jews will not be destroyed. Here comes the even more powerful line. And pay a number 21. Fear not, kind of repeating itself. Yeah, you, you said that, I think. No, we didn't do 28. Go ahead. No, well, you did, I think. Fear not, O Jacob, my servant, said God, for I am with you. I will make a full end of all the nations to which I have driven you. But of you I will not make a full end. I will correct you in just measure, and I will not utterly destroy you. What is he saying here? There is an amazing, good message for the Jews. Other nations, he says, I've made an end to them. They will eventually be destroyed. Ancient Egypt is not around. Greeks are around. The Romans are around. No, they're gone. The geographical parts of the... We, says, the God tells the Jewish people, I will punish you, yes but I will never make an end of you. And that's why this is the Aftorah so important. When we read about the Exodus from Egypt, and, the Jew, and we read about the Jewish going out to, and we eventually go to exiles, then we, we all know that's a very famous line, Altira Avdi Yaakov, do not fear, I, will, I, will pun- I might punish you, you might be in trouble, you might get sores, but you'll never be eradicated from the face of the earth. 
That's why people sometimes worry what will happen to, what will happen to the future of the Jewish people. The Jewish people will survive. The question is, will I be a part of it? And that's how we have to look at it. I'm going to be a part of this or not? But the Jewish people will always survive. That's the message of this of Torah.